listening to Talkin' Music on KVNF Mountain Grown Community Radio, I'm Taya J. The UK-based band The Heavy Heavy have been described as, quote, a reverb-drenched collision of psychedelia and blues, acid rock, and sunshine pop. I'm joined today by Will Turner and Georgie Fuller of The Heavy Heavy, who were kind enough to chat with me in the green room at the Belly Up in Aspen before their show. We hope that you enjoy. All right, the heavy, heavy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Will you both introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Georgie, Georgie Fuller from the heavy, heavy. Hello, I'm Will Turner from the heavy, heavy. Excellent. It's a pleasure to talk with you both. Thank you so much for making time for me. I'm curious, there's a lot of heady terms that get used to describe your music. I'm curious how you describe what you do. Bombastic soul rock. Or bombastic rock soul, or soul bombastic rock. Depending so, on your mood. Sorry, yeah, um, yeah, yes. Uh, retro bombastic rock soul would be the four words I'd put in there. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's talk about some of your musical touchstones. Where do you draw inspiration from? Uh, mainly from the 1960s, the late 60s, the early early 70s. So we're talking Rolling Stones. Mamas and Papas, uh, The Doors, Delaney and Bonnie, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Crosby, Stills and Nash. We like all the harmonies which comes across in our music, uh, but that whole era, the sort of magical side, the magical sound, you know, even people like Tim Buckley. Uh, yeah, all of that kind of world is great. Cream, The Beatles, all of those guys you kind of expect everybody to love, but we really sort of go in deeper to some of the smaller artists, maybe like Quicksilver Messenger Service and uh, a few other people. The whole mix of all that that world we put in one pot. And does going in deeper mean that you're going to some of their earlier work, going to things that are maybe a little less polished, a little less well-known? Yeah, I mean, some of those 60s artists are big enough that sort of everybody knows them, but there are some that, you know, the majority of people maybe don't know. So like Delaney and Bonnie, for instance, a male-female harmony over a kind of like rock and roll backing with a kind of country element is very much what we're doing. But So when we say going in deeper, we mean... Uh, Stuff that not everybody knows, but is still prominent in that time, I guess. So I wonder, you say 60s and 70s, if you had to pick an era to have come of age in, would that have been the time? Yeah, 1969 would have been good to be at about 22 or 23, 24. Just because of what was going on in the world, uh, the social, political uh, changes that were going on, as well as the music uh, and the kind of boundless limitlessness of the music that was being made. And the fashion and the cars, I'm there for it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think in terms of um, artistry and kind of 
passion for progression. But that being said, I think as a woman, that passion for progression where we are now is probably definitely better than where we were. So I don't know. It's like a two-sided thing for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I was going to open with this, but are you guys just riding on a high from being on Jimmy Kimmel? Are you sort of, or has it settled now? Are you like, oh, that's old news. We were on Jimmy Kimmel, no big deal. No way. I mean, we've been on a high since we filmed it. That was an amazing day because we went to Hollywood, we filmed in the studios, and then we played the Troubadour, which was like a religious moment for us. Um, and then we've been on a high ever since, you know, two weeks later it comes out and uh, the just the feeling of seeing it was so proud and yeah, it's just amazing. It's, I don't know if that feeling will ever go, to be honest. Yeah, it's, uh, we watched it last night after our gig that we played and we went straight back, raced back and we watched it on a beat. Took us ages to get it on the TV and it, when we finally watched it, it was just amazing. And yeah, we've been watching clips of it all day. So yeah, we're still very much in that world. We're still celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's a great time. And what a beautiful way to wrap up your tour. You're, this is your second to last stop, yeah? You mm. have Denver tomorrow and then you're heading back home? Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing way to end the tour. Um, we had a day off and um, came to Colorado and did a radio session in Denver and then the show last night. And then Kimmel came on and now we're in Aspen, which is, I don't know, I think probably one of the most beautiful, if not the most beautiful drives I've ever taken. I mean, we were just like gobsmacked at the beauty entering. Um, and it's it's stunning here in you know, the center as well. Um, and then, yeah, the show tonight, the venue's amazing, the people who've played here, it's just, wow, we're in great company. And then, yeah, tomorrow, it's, it's a whirlwind. It's been nearly eight weeks and we're not ready for it to end. Yeah. We're coming back <laughs> in spring, so it's all good, you know. Oh, excellent. When we go home, we go straight to Germany two days later. And then we go, we go back to the UK for a few dates and then we're back out to Europe for a like European tour. And then we do a few more dates in the UK. So we don't actually wrap up touring until like mid-December. So I think it'll be processing everything that's happened over the last few months across Christmas and into, and then when we get the January blues, that's, that'll really be the time when we're like, Take me back to Aspen. <laughs> that's when you'll write a bunch of songs, though, right? I feel like that's what the January blues were made for. Oh, absolutely. And we've got an album that we need to write, so. Let's talk a little bit about that. Since you bring it up, tell me, if you can, tell me, I know you're preparing to release a full-length debut album in 2023. Tell me about it. There's not a lot to say at this point. I would say that we are getting there, and uh, we have a lot of songs that we've been working on. And uh, this has all been very inspirational. So we're um, keen to write a load more, I think, would I, I would say. So yeah, it's going to be bigger and just more of what we're doing. You know, we're going to compound what we've already done and uh, keep moving. You know, there are a million songs to write, so we're just going to get to it, I think. There's no uh, conceptual element about it yet or anything. I don't, I don't think it'll be like that to start with. So uh, yeah, we're just going to crack on and keep making uh, the best songs we can. I think it'll be, yeah, 12 songs on an album out sometime next year. I'm curious, you two, what about your dynamic uh, works? What do, you think, what do you think it is about the two of you as a, as a combination? We're in love. 
<laughs> Snap! Was that the question you were trying to ask but didn't want to? <laughs> Tell, tell me about your love. Uh, it's magical. Uh, <laughs> it's inevitable. That's what I'd say. It's a uh, rock, soul. What did you say it's earlier? Bombastic. It's a bombastic, soulful rock kind of love. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we met like 10 years ago um, through music. We've like done a bunch of projects before that, you know, we're just kind of feeling things out. Um, yeah, we were working on projects for quite quite a while of different different kind of things, and then uh, it became a thing, a more solidified thing, a few years ago when we realised Georgie's voice and my voice actually work in tandem very well, mm-hmm. uh, which is exciting, and the whole world erupted from that realisation. And then we sort of moved in together at the same time, so the whole thing has blossomed. Our relationship and the music is all happening at the same time, so it's uh, it's nice, it's good. And we're super focused on it, and it's a good team. Mm-hmm thing going on so it's nice yeah do you think there's a separation of creative and personal no I don't think so because uh I don't know it's just all wrapped up in in one and uh the the creative side of both of us is kind of always there so we're always thinking about creating which means that it's just in our personal lives as well but that's exactly how we want it so it's great (laughs) yeah I love that idea of living your art right rather than having this I mean that's why you do something creative I feel like right if you wanted this distinction between professional and and nine to five exactly yeah you'd get a job that you can leave yeah we can never leave we're trapped (laughs) in our creative minds help is this a cry for help, Georgie? <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm sure. I've just got altitude sickness. <laughs> I'm trapped on a mountain. Not a bad place to be trapped. Just, just saying. Um, Georgie, I'm curious. You have a classical background, right? How do you feel like that informs what you produce musically? Well, I've always been obsessed with big singers, divas, Shirley Bassey, um, Barbara Streisand, you know, Aretha Franklin, the, 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 the powerhouse voices. So for me, and having a background in theater, it, again, to use this term again, it was inevitable to tie the two things together because those massive voices don't come from nowhere. You know, they, they have to be supported. So, um, it's it's my love like i i adore the voice i adore the way the voice works it's a muscle you can strengthen it you know um it's like the olympics and um so they tie together because the stronger your voice gets the more autonomy you have over it the the better you can vocalize you can express the bigger your sounds can be the more emotion and heart you can pour into it it's it's a constant um journey uh, that's yeah That's how I feel about that. (laughs) Nicely said. I love that. Um, I want to talk about place a little bit because I've heard you both sort of reference in in reading about you. I've heard reference to both of your homes and your homes being sort of influential in shaping the the music that you create. And so I'm curious if you'll speak to place a little bit, Will. So I'm from uh, the middle of the UK. Uh, It's called the Midlands. But I live in a a very rural, uh, beautiful place. It's on a hillside very distinctive hills that are famous for their water. It's got amazing 
natural springs all over it. And it's got a history of famous uh, artistic people, whether they're lit literary uh, people or musicians. So it's a magical place full of lots of hippies and uh, druids. And there's an ancient tree that's a thousand years old that people uh, worship, uh, which actually burnt down actually, which is a great shame. But they've replanted it from the same thing. So it's existed for thousands of years and people worship it. So it's a very kind of mystical place, which is heaped in musical history as well as as I say, all our, all our you know, uh, C.S. Lewis lived there when he was writing Narnia. Tolkien was there when he was writing Lord of the Rings. Mm. You know, Nigel Kennedy, famous. There's, there's so many famous people of, of, of note from there. The kind of magnetism of the hills kind of seems to affect the art and people in it. So mm. it's a good place to come from for music and uh, it's special. And uh, it's kind of has a Californian vibe to it, kind of, I think, anyway, kind of the hillside. But it's, uh, yeah, it helps. Uh, it's definitely part of the music that we make yeah. is that place, I would say. And then I, th I think with Brighton, um, so Brighton is like you fly into Heathrow and you get the train directly south and you hit the sea and that's when you get to Brighton. And um, you get kind of the creators, the creatives from London who want space and want um, inspiration from uh, landscape. So you've got the sea, You've got the South Downs, it, it, there's it, rolling hills and fields everywhere. It's beautiful. So it's kind of always inspiring. And therefore, a lot of creatives flock there as well. So I don't know. We, we've both been very lucky to have grown up in beautiful, inspiring places. I should say that where Will is from, uh, his family home is on the hill and uh, sometimes you're above the clouds or you wake up in the clouds and the air is definitely different there. <laughs> it's amazing. With that in mind, we're gonna take a listen to Man of the Hills from the Heavy Heavy.
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to an interview with Brighton UK-based duo The Heavy Heavy right here on your Mountain Grown Community Radio. Why music? What else? I don't know. It's It feels right. It feels like the only thing. I'd have to agree. There's, there's no other option. I think it's the thing that excites as well, me certainly the most. I'm not too bothered about everything else, really. Uh, I am. It's the most exciting thing in the world. I, I, it's funny because it's so intangible. Being music, yeah. it's not a physical thing, and it's uh, subjective and all the rest of it. And there's a million ways to produce it and rep- represent it. It's it's fascinating. It's just like unlocks the emotion, or it's fuel for the imagination. It's uh, it's fantastic. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never really considered anything else in life. So it's kind of uh, without having a reference on it. I know I don't want to work a nine to nine to five doing something for somebody else. I have no caring. I've got one life, and uh, this is this is it. And I'm happy to be in a situation where we can do it. Mm. So yeah, life's good. <laughs> I'm curious when you hear something for the first time that you love that someone else has made can you describe that feeling um yeah just like I'm always thinking how have they done it you know how is it how is it made and if it wows me it's it's kind of an un undescribable feeling really I think it's hard to put words to it because it's just like yeah. with some records you get chills and your hairs you know I listen to some Radiohead records and I can't even speak yeah. I'm so overcome by it um, but yeah it's funny isn't it uh, to actually think about what it does and what it feels like yeah, I wouldn't know what to say really about that it's an incredible thing isn't it the way it affects you in a way that you can't express that's very rare in life isn't it I want to talk about, you recently released a cover of the Father John Misty song, Real Love Baby. I'm curious, uh, what's your approach to taking a cover and making it your own? You have to be careful with covers because, you know, you don't want to make an inferior version of an already good thing. So um, we tried to add to it and make it our own sound, bring it slightly more into our world. I think that's what we try and do. Uh, Whether, you know, it's the production side of it and slightly arrangements and how we can, you know, you hear some songs, you think, if it, you know, you can hear it in our world. I think, well, we'd stack the harmonies and make it all bigger and more, more reverbs and more crunchy and stuff. You know, you can hear the potential of certain songs to go that way and it, that it would work. So, so if, like that Father John Missy song sounds like a 60s pop song to us. So I thought we'd just add a bit more of that world into it to try and uh, emphasize its kind of qualities in our way. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, if you love a song enough to cover it, you're never thinking, I know how I can make this better. You're thinking, oh, I love this song and it feels right to me and therefore I want to, um, I want to like paint it in the way that I can, you know, but, but it's, it's never a, I'm going to, I'm going to do a better version ever, is it? It's a, it's, um, it's an appreciation post, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, representing it in a way that you feel kind of works with the tools that you have. For instance, Joe Cocker's version of With a Little Help From My Friends is very, very different to the Beatles version, but I would call it the best song of all time, recording Jimmy Page on guitar. It's just too good to talk about. Uh, So there are different ways, you know, and that's a reimagination of that song. Uh, And he's taken it into his world. It's not Ringo and it's not all Beatles playing in London all very sort of quietly and plodding along. It's big, bombastic, the Grease Band, you know, that's... They've taken it into his world, you know. It's great. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So 
So, fun fact, Joe Cocker lived in Crawford, which is 25 minutes from Paonia, and he, the, our studio is named after him, so our live broadcast studio is named after Joe, and there's a big photo of him on the wall, and the old-timers who have been involved with the radio just have stories, so many stories about him. Wow. I saw he was on the poster here. I was like, wow. He doesn't get the credit he deserves, I think, a lot. He's huge, obviously, but he, amazing, amazing. One of my absolute favorites. As I say, that is my favorite song of all time. And that's the apex of everything about the 60s is that song. And that's what we're going for, yeah. uh, is that song. <laughs> we're going to take a listen to the Heavy Heavies cover of the Father John Misty tune, Real Love Baby. question for you guys what do you hope the audience walks away with from one of your shows what do you hope to communicate to your listeners I want them to feel something 
something that maybe they can't put into words, something that makes them want to get up and dance or maybe cry or throw their hands in the air. I want them to feel good. You know, I want them to be like, I'm so glad that I came to this show. I'm going to go tell my friends. <laughs> yeah. I want people to feel alive, you know. Yeah. It's like, instead of sitting at home watching a screen, you know, come out and hear something that, you know, blows your nuts off because it's, it's more than the average or more than just simple. It's got to be extra and explosive. And that's, you know, we will blow people away from it because it's, a lot of people feel excited and they're like, they're alive, you know, this is it, this is life. Go out and you see good music, you feel alive. Have a good time with people, you know, that's what it's about. And I should also say that we've made quite a few disparaging comments towards people who have nine to five jobs. <laughs> and um, if we don't mean to offend anybody, it's just us. But if that's what you do, you go for it. We fully support that. <laughs> and just make sure you leave at five and go see some great music, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, like if you're gonna work a nine to five job, at least come see our gig in the evening, you know? <laughs> Georgie and Will, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, thanks very much for having us. Thank you. i